You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Nazem Kadri comes it up the left side, stick handles to the middle, Deeks to the backhand, and is stopped by Gustafsson. The Flames pick up a point, but the Wild get two as Frederick Gaudreau failed to give the Wild a lead in the shootout, but on their fourth shooter, Matt Boldy beats Dan Vladar. Flames fall to 0-4 in shootouts this season. And will head home with only one overtime point and one shootout point on this tough three-game and four-night road trip tonight. They fall by a final score of 3-2 in a shootout to the Wild. Another good effort by the Calgary Flames. But winding up just short once again, and they finish off a three-game road trip with zero wins, and now face two tough opponents on a quick two-game homestand at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. Welcome to a Friday edition of Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. We are coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Here in Calgary, Alberta, for our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Loser points make it uh, a little bit more palatable if you're the Calgary Flames, but at the end of the day... That's a three-game road trip, albeit against very good opponents that winds up with zero wins. And the Calgary Flames continue to struggle to get out of that early season hole they've been in. Now 30 games into their season. Feels as though we might have our answer as to what direction this team needs to go in for the future. We'll chat about the Flames and the Minnesota Wild coming up in just moments. You can send in your thoughts on the game. Anything you want to talk about, Jonathan Huberto in the shootout, the road trip as a whole, thoughts on the direction of the team. Do you feel more comfortable about where this team needs to go now that we've hit the 30 game mark? Dan Vladar got to start last night. We can talk about the goaltending if you want to. 960-960, the fan feedback line. It's always open to you here on Sportsnet today. We'll also this hour take a look at the Flames' next opponent, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're here Saturday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome for Hockey Night in Canada. They're coming off a big win against the Edmonton Oilers Thursday night to snap the Oilers' winning streak. Also later today, uh, go around the NFL with our pal Sho Ali from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Thursday night football in the books between the Raiders and the Chargers was a beatdown of epic proportions, and the Chargers have cleaned house today. 
We'll also take a look at a Saturday and Sunday slate of games in week 15 uh, with Show Ali a little bit later on. But again, fan feedback line open to you. Would love to hear from you if you're listening live at 960-960. Lots to dive into with the Calgary Flames following that loss to the Minnesota Wild. Lots of good, some bad again, but at the end of the day, just not enough to pick up two points. And this team desperately, desperately needed to come away from this road trip with uh, at least three points, four points, if you wanted to really talk about them digging out of a hole. And they just haven't been able to do that at any point this season. Uh, so get your text in at 960-960. Uh, quick reminder, my fantastic producers, on this Friday, December 15th, on the other side, Cam and Taylor. Cam and Taylor, how are we on a Friday? Good, buddy. How are you? Living the dream. Tay? Uh, doing good. It's doing Friday. Good. It is Friday. Weekend. It is Friday. Vibes are immaculate, and it doesn't get much better than this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. In this room, the vibes are good. Sure. In this room, the vibes are good. The vibes are immaculate, Mackenzie. We can't we can't deny that. Uh, let's get into it. Flames fall to the Minnesota Wild. The road trip ends winless for the Calgary Flames. Now, of course, the loser point does come into play, and they technically did get two points on a three-game road trip, but... None of that included a win against Vegas, Colorado, and the Minnesota Wild and the Calgary Flames. Now, on this Friday, sit with 27 points in 30 games, an 11-14-5 and record. That's a 450 winning percentage. They're negative 18 on the goal differential. And as we look at the wild card situation right now, they currently sit... Just two points back of St. Louis for the final wild card spot in the Western Conference. So while things might feel doom and gloom for the Calgary Flames, it's weird to sit here and say on Friday, that December 15th, that they are just two points out of a playoff spot. The Western Conference has not been strong this year, and the Flames, by record, didn't have a very good road trip and aren't close to 500 right now somehow still find themselves in the midst of this playoff race. But if you're looking at it realistically, is that where this group is? At the 30-game mark, I think we have a pretty good idea what this team is. I think this is a young team with a lot of potential to grow. I think they've developed an identity as a hardworking crew. But I just don't think the skill that separates the good teams from the great teams exists on this roster today. And that sucks because I don't want to take anything away from the good that's happening with this group. And that's Kadri. That's, of course, Pospisil, Zeri. Sharon Govich has been great. Coleman's having an outstanding year for the Calgary Flames. Those shouldn't be diminished in all of this. But I really think 30 games in to this NHL season, I think the path right now is as clear for Craig Conroy as it's ever been. That this team does not have the game breakers that other teams have. 
And when it comes to the conversation about those UFAs, and we've talked about them from the summer until now, what's the fate going to be of them? We've talked about contract extensions that were on the table for Lindholm, that were on the table for Hannafin. I think it's as clear now as ever that you need to move on from those guys and you need to let young talent enter this group and hopefully with the draft process and maybe some of the young NHLers that you might be able to acquire in return for some of those UFAs, maybe you can acquire some of those game breakers if you're the Calgary Flames because I just... And look, it's hard to say. And if you are on the text line and you're listening to this and you sit there and go, how can you say that when the team's two points out of a playoff spot? Yes, I get that they're technically still in it, and I'm not saying that they should wave the white flag, but I think as far as the conversation goes as to where they need to steer this ship, where that pivot point is for the Calgary Flames, I think you've got your answer. I think this road trip really personified what this Calgary Flames team is missing. And again, that's not that's not a knock on any of the guys, the, the guys that I mentioned, or Mackenzie Weger, or any of the guys that are, you know, doing a lot of good things for this team. I just think right now it's it's pretty clear where this team needs to go. And I think a 30-game sample size has, at least when I look at it, given me a pretty clear indication uh, of what this group needs to do going forward. 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you. Uh, looking for your thoughts on the Calgary Flames. How you feeling after a three-game road trip? How do you feel ahead of games against Tampa Bay and Florida upcoming on this two-game homestand? Uh, this text comes in and says, I cannot stand the shootout. 100% would rather a game and not uh, tie after overtime and my team lose to that garbage. Uh, Shubes coming in says, Afternoon, fellas and Taylor. I can't get that Scorpion save off my mind. Dan Vladar, yes, maybe lost in everything last night for the Calgary Flames. First of all, I thought he was very good for the Flames overall last night. That Scorpion save in the shootout was ridiculous. Jeez. That was nasty. Patience. Woo. It's too bad they couldn't get the win just because he made that sick play, but it was pretty good. Uh, Pete texting in saying, I think it's time to bench number 10. Acquiring someone from the outside to play with him won't help either. I know this was a big topic on Flamestock postgame show last night with Pat. And I, I wish I had answers. I don't know what to say about Jonathan Huberto anymore that we haven't said already. I'm sure there's going to be texts about him playing in the shootout last night and getting the opportunity. I, I I don't have answers for that. That continues to be uh, a mystery that I think even the Flames right now are having trouble uh, unraveling with Jonathan Huberto. Uh, this one says, honestly, the Flames have many good pieces and then living at the bottom of the pile this year isn't a terrible thing. Manage assets as best as possible, which may or may not mean trading all free agents. Line yourself up to draft well. Find that game breaker that is desperately needed. Uh, this text says, they played well, could have had six of six points. Then we'd be talking about going to the cup. So given we just got two, can't we see them going on a run in the new year? Uh, Scott from Calgary says, afternoon, the road trip was very mixed. 
negative winnable games that were squandered. Pros held their own against two of the best teams in the West. It's definitely hard to watch the team with the lead in the third period, but they do fight back and have energy when trailing. They're missing a finisher. Maybe that's Sharon Govich, though. Sharon Govich has been absolutely unbelievable uh, on this road trip for the Calgary Flames. Defensively, uh, he's been sound all year long. Now offensively, he's finding his comfort zone. And uh, Megan Mickelson pointed this out on the pregame show last night, talking about uh, Sharon Govich. He's doing it in so many different ways. We know he's got a great shot, but he's tipping pucks in. He's finding loose pucks at the side of the net. He's going for set plays. The guy just looks like somebody who has found a nice comfort zone in Calgary and um, has changed, I think, a lot of people's opinion about what happened uh, with the Tyler Toffoli trade. Uh, Kelsey and Renfrew says, I get what Huska is trying to do with Huberto. Get him to play through this slump. It isn't working. I feel like it's time to sit him for one or two. Um, this says from Dawn, some of the biggest concerns for me is special teams, i.e. the power play. Also the choice to play Huberto in the shootout in overtime. These choices and challenges don't give us the best options to win. Uh, this one says, totally agree with your thoughts on the flames. They unfortunately do not have depth or the top end performers to get out of the pack. Uh, Steven drum Heller says, unfortunately the flames look like a group of nobodies trying to be somebody. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Javon and Airdrie says, I definitely agree. This team needs to use the UFAs to build up some prospects. I do think you maybe sign one of the D men. Also believe they could be developing into one of those game breakers. We're desperately looking for. I do like young talent coming up. Can't wait to see Pelche in the lineup as well. Uh, let's see. Randy says, okay. So on the other side to your take is that the team has been playing well, led through all games. So if they were up, so if they were to go 7-2-10 in the next 10, would you still trade all of the UFAs? I, you know, I, I think I'd have the same opinion, Randy, if, if that were to happen. And, and I'm not going to disagree that they, there's, and a couple texters have pointed out, this could have been a 3-for-3 three three road trip. If they were in a position or a better spot defensively and maybe Chris Tanev's the difference in the third period for a couple of those games to hold on to those leads. Maybe we are talking about a team that had a more successful road trip than we're talking about today, but I, I don't know, even if this team were to go on a kind of run like that in their next 10, I don't know that that drastically changes. It puts you a couple games above 500. I still don't know that if that happened, I would look at this team and say, I still think they're at the level of a Colorado or a Vegas or whoever you want to talk about at the top of the conference. And if you're not going to be in that conversation, if you're not going to be able to contend with the the best of the best when it comes to making a run for it, then you're just kind of sitting in that middle that we've talked about for so long. And that can be a frustrating spot to be in where you're, you're good enough to be a playoff team, but you're not good enough to be a cup contender. So I think my would my opinion would stay the same. But, I mean, we haven't seen them go on that kind of run yet this season, so it would be a drastic change for what we've seen in the first 30 games. Uh, ben texting in, said, hated seeing Maroon run around yesterday with no one able to stand up to him. 
too many small players and players that play small. I didn't mind how they handled uh, Pat Maroon last night. I think Pat Maroon hurt his team more than he helped his team last night. Um, if the Flames had, and look, they scored on the power play in one of those uh, situations, so I can't fully put it on that. I mean, a, a better power play might take advantage of more of those opportunities, but I kind of thought Pat Maroon looked like a bit of a dummy running around yesterday. Uh, that hit on Kadri that was super late. Like, there's just no need for any of that. And I thought Pospisil and a couple of those other guys did a, a bang-up job being agitators of their own. Uh, Pat Maroon wants to make an impact in a hockey game sitting in the penalty box uh, more often than he played. The, <laughs> that, I don't think that hurt uh, the Flames. I think, it, if anything, I, I kind of like that it maybe brought out some aggression in the Flames game. I didn't, I didn't hate... Uh, their response to that. Uh, Matt from the QE2 says, Logo Ruzichka reminds me of a former highly anticipated prospect that was supposed to have a complete toolbox. Jankowski wasn't worth the wait either. Put Ruzichka in the pool of trade candidates. This team most of the time has good effort but lacks finish. We need an elite finisher like Kucherov or a greaser to hang out at the top of the crease like Matthew Kachuk used to. Uh, this text simply says, sell, sell, sell. Um... This one said, uh, I do think the most troubling thing is that the Flames aren't a bad team at all. It's just unfortunate they're not a good team either. They will work hard. That makes them fun to watch. I don't think they have the talent needed throughout the lineup to complete to compete regularly, let alone in the playoffs. I'm, I'm kind of right along with that text. Is they're, they're certainly not a bad team. And I don't think anyone's implying that today after this road trip. And I don't think anyone's sitting here going, man, they really got their ass kicked in those three games because they didn't. But at the same time, they didn't have the finish. They didn't have the stopping power on a McKinnon. They didn't have a stopping power on a Stone. And that's just the reality of the situation. It doesn't mean they're a bad team. It just means the real contenders in this on this road trip that we saw, at least in Vegas and Colorado in my mind, have a couple of pieces the Flames don't have. And that's that's not a knock on on this team at all. Uh, this text says, I was at the Vegas game watching the energy and effort from the young guns, Zeri, Pospisil, et cetera, as well as Kadri, Coleman, and Backlund. All the defensemen and Wolf was awesome. Watching Huberto was not only a downer, but sad. It's obvious he's lost his skill. Should he be in the press box for a while? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of these on Huberto, so we might as well go there. This one says, uh, if Huberto was what he's supposed to be, they'd be a great team. Uh, this one says, it doesn't make sense to get someone in to play with 10. He's almost played on almost every line. Still not good enough. Are we bringing in someone who's better than all the current Flames players? Uh, and Robin Cocker with another one on Huberto. That says, with regard to Huberto, what I feel is his issue, and he's still in the mindset of his last team, making blind passes where our players are, not as a result of the rest of our players not knowing his rhythm. I feel he needs to get into the rhythm of the rest of the guys so the blind passes actually get to him. I have no idea what's happened to Jonathan Huberto. I fully maintain that I don't think you score 115 points in this league by accident. That that skill that he's had, the numbers that he's put up, I can't tell you what the difference has been between Calgary and Florida Florida 
that's left this kind of gap. But it's gotten to the point where this guy's hurting the team more than helping. And that's, and I'm not trying to pile on to the guy because I feel for him in the sense that I, I understand, I, I don't buy any of the narrative that he's not trying or he's not putting any effort in because that's just not true. And that's just not something, like your teammates don't speak of you the way that his teammates speak about him if he's just mailing it in every night. And I'll use James Neal as the, the main example. I could pretty much, like you tell James Neal sometimes was just mailing it in, just didn't have it. But this is a different thing. I don't think this is a lack of effort thing. But where it's gone wrong for this guy and why it just, I, I didn't have faith when it started with Backlund and Coleman on that line. First game was awful. They then sort of figured it out for three or four games, and it looked like, okay, maybe not worth $10.5 million, but at least positive. And now it's, it's fallen off a cliff again, and it's gone back to this point where he's not noticeable in any positive way. And I hate saying that because, again, I don't think it's an effort thing, but I don't know what to do. And I know there was a lot of talk about it last night, and I know there'll be more talk about it of Anthony Duclair or bringing somebody. I don't know if that fixes it. I really don't. I, I think this coaching staff is going to have to try some some different things. Maybe sitting him for a couple of games, as a couple of you guys have suggested, is the right way to go with it. I just don't understand where it's gone so so wrong for him because I know he wants to make it work. And we even saw with McKenzie Weger last year, there's a transition period for everybody. But I think like a lot of Flames fans, I expected Huberto to do what McWeger did. First half of the season, okay, still figuring it out. Get used to the surroundings, get used to the day-to-day, your teammates, all that. And then it's going to start to look more like it did with his last team. That has not happened. And it's, it's frustrating because there's seven and a half years left on that contract, and it looks like right now uh, there's not a lot of positive for, for this group, and uh, it's unfortunate because there's so much on that contract, there's so much pressure on that, and uh, I can understand why the spotlight's on it, but something's got to change in that factor because there's a lot of guys that are pulling on the rope in the right direction and getting those results. And who knows where the Flames would be if if Jonathan was one of those guys. Uh, we'll get to a couple more texts here before we uh, have to get out of here. We got uh, Edward and Cena coming up next to take a look at the next opponent for the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in town on Saturday. Uh, Mick says, I wonder if the Flames retain 50% on Huberto if another team would take a chance on him. Maybe. Um, I think you might still have to take on a bad contract the other way around Mick but I mean that's got to be the starting point if if that's actually even feasible I don't know who out there is, is looking at that and thinking it's a recl- it's a reclamation project for us uh, this one says I'm tired of everybody out of market saying the reason he was good with Florida was because Barkoff was his teammate or his line mate rather um, he wasn't yeah he was not a Barkov guy in Florida Bennett Duclair some other guys mixed in there, but he was never a, a Barkov guy. 
uh, for sure in Florida during his time there. Uh, Todd says Hubie had his best games when he was uh, when he started to hit. He was really good that one game. Uh, hit, 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 Hubie. Uh, and this one says it's called the shootout, not the pass out. He's an elite passer. Shouldn't have been out there for the Flames with the game on the line. Uh, lots of your texts at 960-960. We'll get more from you on the fan feedback line as the show goes on. We're going to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning walked into Edmonton last night, ended their long winning streak. Steven Stamkos with a four-goal game. They're next up for the Calgary Flames on Saturday. Let's take a look at the opposition. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're taking a look at them next when Sportsnet Today is back on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Next up for the Calgary Flames, following this three-game road swing, they're back at home for two, welcoming in both Florida-based teams to the Scotiabank Saddledome starting Saturday night for Hockey Night in Canada at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's the Flames and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa walked into Edmonton last night, and despite being heavily outshot by the Oilers, Took down the uh, provincial rivals of the Flames 7-4. Andre Vasilevsky was sterling, making 53 saves in the victory. Steven Stamkos with four goals on the night as the Tampa Bay Lightning look to uh, continue to rise up their standings after a bit of an unusual start to the season for them. But uh, helping us take a look at the opposition next up for the Calgary Flames. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in. From the Tampa Bay Times, it's Eduardo Encina joining us this afternoon. Eduardo, thanks for the time, sir. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. No, appreciate the time as always. Uh, last night in Edmonton, uh, quite the uh, contrast on the shot clock, but the goal clock uh, all for Tampa, including four from Steven Stamkos. What did we see last night from this group in Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a lot like kind of what the Lightning season has been this year. It was a uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good and a good deal of bad too. I mean, they um, they went up early, uh, blew a two goal lead, and go into the second intermission down a goal, and then uh, score five. And I think that the big thing for them was that uh, Andre Vasilevsky, who's really just kind of coming back from um, just from back surgery that you know held him out for the first two months of the season, um, really had his best game. And he, you know, I think that when he's at his best and uh, you know they, they play with a lot of confidence, so um, that 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 deficit and blowing that lead really didn't affect him with, with the way Vasilevsky was playing. And obviously, like you said, Steven Samkos, uh, you know, even though he has 529 goals, it was the first time he scored four in a game. So, um, you know, they they really showed a lot of resilience, which is something that um, you know, this team really kind of needed to show. You know, that they're not the same team that uh, you know that, that won back-to-back Stanley Cups a few years back. There's a lot of different guys on this team now. They still have the stars, you know, um, but, you know, I think it was a really big win for them, especially since against the Edmonton team that you know, was playing pretty well, uh, as, as, as we know. You mentioned Stamkos there, and uh, for a guy that's scored as often as he can, it, it's odd oh. to talk about him coming in with a, a goalless drought in his last five, and that was certainly yeah. uh, one way to, to get off of the goalless drought last night was four. Uh, what's uh, the season been like for Steve? I know there's been a lot of talk outside about his – his pending UFA status going forward. And, you know, obviously the team dealt with a lot with Andre Vasilevsky not being out to start the uh, season with the group. But how has it been for, for Steven and obviously uh, getting out of that goalless streak in a very positive way last night? 
Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, he's uh, it, it's been weird because he's gotten his chances and it looks like he's gotten some good looks. And uh, the, the past probably, you know, two or three weeks, they just haven't really been going in for him. And yeah, I think that, you know, it, it was big for him to, you know, score early, I think in the first minute of the game on the power play, you know, the power play, which has been you know, really one of their biggest strengths this season was had kind of been running dry the past few games. So um, to, to get that, I think that that really was a, a, a brilliant first step for him moving forward. And then after that, you know, I think you know, when, when you're a goal scorer, uh, you know, and, and, and you're hitting pipes and, uh, you know, it's just not going your way, you, you, you get that, then you start, you know, you, you realize all you need to do is keep shooting. And it wasn't the, the typical Stamkos kind of gold night because you know, he batted one in from the goal line. He, you know, pulled up, you know, right after the blue line and, and, and shot a wrister that, um, from long distance to score another goal. So it wasn't typical Stamkos. It wasn't like the, uh, you know, the, the one-timers from the left circle that, that he typically scores from. Um, but but they, they all mattered. And then he obviously got an empty netter at the end. So he needed a night like last night. I think that he had been frustrated, you know, by, by you know, kind of a little snake bitten by some of his, his chances not going in. And, you know, he's, um, you know, like he said, you know, the, the season started a little bit differently for him because he was very honest about, kind of his frustration with the contract situation. But I think after that, he kind of put it, you know, to, to the side. And he, he wanted he said what he wanted to say. And, you know, after that, he kind of, you know, wanted to you know concentrate on the ice. But obviously that's something that's looming, um, you know, especially as, as this team is kind of muddling right now. You know, they're, they're kind of in a different situation right now because, you know, this time of year, typically they've, they've kind of already almost sealed their, their playoff spot. And right now they're, they're in the mix of fighting, really fighting for it. So, you know, it'll be interesting in the next, you know, six weeks or so to see where they stand at the end of that because obviously, you know, with with a, a UFA like Steven Stamkos there and, you know, if, if they're not in the mix, you know, you've got to make some decisions as to what you're going to do there. So um, it, it's definitely a big, big time for him and a big time for this team, you know, critical time for this team kind of over the next, you know, several weeks going into, you know, ending, ending December and going into January. It's interesting to hear you say that because I wouldn't have – necessarily expected that maybe the the season as a whole would maybe help determine Stamkos' future with the team but I guess it it makes sense for this group knowing the direction that you know they've gone with some of these long-term contracts and look Steven's a guy that's that's 33 and as we know you know anything over 30 in the NHL is considered to be old or past their prime and I'm sure for Steven he's looking for you know some sort of certainty with the group longer term and I guess if you're Tampa yeah. Bay, you've been, you know, Julian Breeswell has been counting pennies for the last couple of years trying to make it work with the salary cap. This is sort of a tricky spot for them to figure this out. Yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think, you know, everyone's here, at least they're saying, that, you know, everything will kind of work itself out. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, the Lightning have traded a lot of their draft picks away to, to, to upgrade at the trade deadline to make some of these runs. And so their, their draft, you know, inf- uh, their draft resources are pretty pretty depleted. And so when you look at this and you look at, you know, what, you know, what what an asset is, you know, if if they're looking up in the standings in, you know, the end of January or February, you know, it, it's it's something they've they've kind of got to consider. And then it's not that they'll do it because I think they want to have Steven Stamkos, you know, be a, a career long Lightning player. I think that here with the fan base, with the front office, all of them, they, they want him to end his career here. But it's definitely something that, 
depending on on how this season goes for them you know, over the next couple months, it's definitely something that they have to consider because, you know, obviously, you know, he would be a, a major asset for a contender um, that, that's looking to upgrade. And that's, you know, they've been on the other side of this, but, you know, this, yeah. this, this, this could be a thing where they can kind of get back some of the, uh, the draft picks that, that they've, they've traded away over the past, you know, three, four years. Uh, moving to another topic that's been talked about a lot for Tampa Bay this season uh, we mentioned it a bit uh, earlier. Vasilevsky was outstanding last night. The first star, 53 saves in the victory. But uh, Eduardo, for our listeners here in Calgary who maybe don't see as much of the Lightning and, uh, of course, only see them once a year when they come through here, what was the, the first part of the season like for Tampa Bay adjusting to life without their number one goaltender while he was uh, recovering from surgery? Yeah, I mean, I think you know having Vasilevsky there back there is is really the main reason that gives this team confidence that they can really go through kind of the ups and downs of this long season and and still be there, you know, and be there at the end, you know, because they they have so much faith in him that he's going to bail them out and and you know when it matters the most. But I think that that was lacking when he wasn't there, you know. And it's not any disrespect to you know Jonas Johansson or or you know Matt Tompkins, the guys who were replacing him, but he just gives you such a rock back there, and so you didn't have that. And, and I think, you know, defensively, they struggled a lot because he wasn't back there to, to, to bail them out. Now, obviously, you talk to John Cooper, and he'll say it doesn't really matter who's in goal. Obviously, Vasilevsky, they believe he's the you know, best goaltender on the planet. But if they're not playing good defense in front of him, it's really not going to matter. You know, and then they won a game last night 7-4. to four. You know, I think they would look back on it and be, be like, well, we still gave a four. You know, and I think you, know, you go back to the Lightning teams that were really, really good you know, the ones that won cups, those were teams that, especially down the stretch in the postseason, were ones that won games, you know, two to one, three to two. And obviously, you know, the, it, when it comes down to the playoffs, that's kind of how you have to win games. And that's where Vasilevsky is, is best, you know, in that kind of situation. So they're kind of still finding his way. He's finding his way back. I think he's only eight, eight nine games back. So, you know, this is this is a process for him. So um, to, to them, it's, it's more about, you know, how, how he keeps progressing, you know, as, as the season goes along. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit fresher, you know, down the stretch when, you know, in, in, in March and April when, when they really need those points. Yeah, it could be one of those hidden blessings for the team, right? Because we're always talking about number one goaltenders and workload, and that's been a big thing in yeah. Tampa Bay, you know, as well as anyone, where they brought in veterans the last couple of years, whether it was McElhaney or, or Elliott, to try to be that guy to stem him for at least, you know, a handful of games during the year because yeah. you want to go on a long playoff run, I mean, you're adding a lot to a number one goaltender who already has a pretty large workload. Yeah, for sure. And with Vasilevsky, his, his MO has always been to kind of push harder, you know, like he's, he's such a hard worker and stuff like that. And I think, you know, something that, that might be kind of a, a, you know, something positive that happened out of this injury is I think he's kind of gained a little bit of maturity that he knows he kind of has to, you know, push back a little bit, you know, that, you know, he, the two injuries that he's had have been from, you know, lifting weights from doing squats and power lifts and stuff like that. And that's how he got hurt. And, you know, he, he's kind of looked back on it and be like, okay, I, lift, I missed two months because I wanted to lift more. You know, I wanted to squat more, you know, it's like that stuff, you know, he's kind of quit some of that, a lot of that stuff. And now he's just working on you know, a lot more, you know, stuff that, that concentrates on his stamina, his core, stuff like that. So, you know, all go down, all goaltenders as they get older, they kind of evolve a little bit. And you can kind of see that with Vasilevsky a little bit, that he, he's always been used to pushing forward. Now he's kind of learning that he's got to kind of, you know, push back a little bit, you know, and, and, and he, that he's got to preserve himself. And he, he, I think he sees the end goal. And like you said, there's no goaltender over the past when you look at the past, you know, four or five years who's played as many games as him because they made so many deep playoff runs. So, you know, he's 29 now, and and he's to that point now where he's he's got to kind of look at the, the long haul and and look at, and know that, you know, 
maybe less is more sometimes, you know. 100%. Eduardo Encino along with us. Taking a look at the opposition next up for the Calgary Flames on Saturday night for Hockey Night in Canada at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to town. And along uh, with that group comes the NHL's leading scorer this year, Eduardo. It's been uh, a hot start for Nikita Kucherov. Uh, 50 points now in 30 games for Kucherov. He's got, I believe, a seven-point lead right now over JT Miller, who's sitting at second. Uh, I don't know how many people realize that Nikita Kucherov was the last guy to, since, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl did it that year as well, I guess, but the last non-oiler to usurp Connor McDavid uh, for the points race in the NHL a couple of years ago. Sure feels like we're getting another one of those seasons. I don't know if there's a guy that... He certainly made his noise in the playoffs and the the back-to-back shirts and was having fun on those Stanley Cup wins, as he should have. I don't know if if we talk enough about Nikita Kucherov when we talk about the best point producers in the NHL. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he he probably goes a little bit under the radar. Maybe it's, you know, because he plays in Florida. Maybe it's the market, stuff like that. But, you know, this year he's been a little bit different because I think when you look at his, you know, his big season a few years ago, it was, you know, he, he put up a lot of assists. And then this year, he's scoring goals. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, he's he's really kind of the catalyst of their offense, whether it's on the power play or a five-on-five. Five. He's a playmaker because his vision is so good. He sees things. He sees the ice unlike many other guys out there. But this year, he's really taken upon himself to shoot more. And that's resulted in a lot more goals for him. And so when you look at his numbers this year, they're, they lean a little bit more towards the goal scoring than they do the assists, which is different this year. They probably needed that from him this year because you know, he, he's he's been there to, to give them big goals when they needed it. Um, it'll be interesting to see like how how it all kind of shakes out. But you know he's taking more shots, he's taking it more upon himself to to take a, a big load of the scoring load. You know when you have a lot of guys, he's kind of been the, the like I said the facilitator to guys like Stamkos and Braden Point and um, you know, Brandon Hagel, Victor Hedman, guys like that. So. Um, but, but this year, when you look at it, he's definitely, definitely taken a, a, a lot, lot of the scoring load on his shoulders. So, um, but again, it's been a remarkable, you know, start, you know, 30, 31 games to a season. And, um, you know, he's, he's, it, it's the best start that we've seen from him, which it says a lot because you know, he's had some, some really good, really good starts. Yeah, that's something to say for a guy that's got uh, a 128-point uh, season under yeah. his belt, that this is one of the best he's ever been on. And you're sitting there thinking, that's pretty good for a guy that just turned 30 and, again, I think when we talk yeah. about Tampa Bay, just one of those guys that you just don't hear enough about, but he's certainly making a lot of noise uh, this year. Another guy on Tampa Bay, and I, I think you're, you're probably right on, Eduardo, about you know just being in Florida and maybe not getting that national attention. He gets a lot of attention here in Calgary because it's his birthplace. Talk to me about Braden Point and the importance that he has on this team. He's, he's a constant guy. He's got family here in the city that listens to the station, yeah. and uh, they're great members of the community out here. And so Flames fans have always – sort of had a special place in their heart for Braden Point being a Calgary boy, but, uh, man, a 95-point season last year. He's got a 92-point year a couple years ago. Is he another one of those unsung heroes for John Cooper's Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously, like you, like you said, there's a lot of stars on this roster, and but you know, I think Braden Point is a guy that really kind of, you know, as he plays, the team kind of goes. You know, I mean, Kucherov's kind of that guy, too, and, and together they're, they're a dynamic duo, you know, on the same line and on the power play, but um, but yeah, Braden Point, he, he's had another strong start. And you know, some of that is the synergy that him and Kucherov have. But, but some of it is just the way that, that, that he just has such a nose for the net. And like you said, last year he had a great year. You know, he set a career high in goals. And, um, you know, this year he, he's on kind of that same, you know, path. You know, I mean, the, the big thing for him has been, 
you know, staying healthy and, 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 and sticking on the ice. And I think for him, he's, he's done a great job at that the past couple of years. Um, and, and, and for him, you know, he's, he's has a little bit of a challenge this year, I feel like, because he hasn't had very much space to work with. And, but, you know, when you get all these stars together and they're all on the same ice at the same time, especially, you know, on that first line and, and with the power play, he's going to get his looks. And I think that, you know, it, it's only a matter of time with, with Braden point, like points come in bunches with him. And I think we're waiting for that to come from him. And, uh, but I remember last year, you know, right around this time, actually, probably right around the holidays and into January, he went on a remarkable run and he's always capable of that because he's got you know, the speed that he has and, you know, just the, the, the way that, that, that he moves with the puck and obviously the shot. Um, he's, you know, really a, a unique, unique talent. And uh, he, he's a really, really big, big part of, of, of what they do here. Uh, before we let you go, I know Victor Hedman dealing with uh, a bit of an injury right now, upper body, I believe. Uh, should we expect to see him in the lineup in Calgary tomorrow, or are they going to uh, be a little cautious with this? Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be cautious. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see him, but I think at this point, you know, uh, I think it, it, it rounding out the road trip, you know, just to get him maybe some more time off, but, you know, a couple extra days because you know, they had travel and you have an extra day before they play again. So I think, you know, at this point, I would be a little bit surprised to see him. Um, it's a pretty unique injury. We really didn't see where it happened or how it happened. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing that, you know, he didn't look, you know, any way out of the ordinary and just, you know, didn't return for the third period the other night in uh, in Seattle. But um, I think with him, he's so important to what they do. And, and especially in, in, in the, um, you know, amongst the defensive core, because he's got, he's, a, he's, he's really the rock there. He's the anchor. Um, everything goes through him, and you know he's he's the guy they need there. Like he's probably as 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 valuable as all these other guys are. I honestly think he's probably the the guy who you know they can afford to miss miss the least. You know, so I think you know long haul here that they're going to try to make sure that that he's good. So I'd be surprised to see him, uh, you know, in, in Calgary. Uh, Eduardo, great insight as always. Appreciate you making some time for us up here in Calgary. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and hope we can chat again with you soon, pal. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Eduardo Encina joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by our friends at Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Come on in. Enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza 403-248-3344. Eduardo joining us for a look at the opposition. Next up, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not the kind of season Tampa's been hoping for. Tough start without the number one goaltender. We talked about that with Eduardo. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky missing the majority of this season, coming back from injury, but he's back now. Looked absolutely fantastic against the Oilers. I know he gave up four, but made 53 saves, was the number one star. Tampa Bay right now tied with the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in points for the second wild card spot in the East. So sure feels like they're going to be Right around the playoff conversation once again this year. They're 8-3-3 three, and three at home, but something to watch for that team if you don't see them in playoff contention around the trade deadline, as you heard from Eduardo there. Maybe a tough decision coming for Steven Stamkos, who is having a good year, had the four goals last night, but it's that tricky spot. In February, he's going to be 34 years old. If he wants a five- or six-year contract, can you handle that if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning? Look at all the long-term deals that this team has on the books right now. Yes, the salary cap's going up a bit, but 
I mean, Kucherov signed for this year and three more. Uh, Points got his long-term deal. So does Sorelli. So does Nick Paul. Brandon Hagel's new contract kicks in next season where he goes from $1.5 million to $6.5. Sergachev's long-term. Chernak is long-term. Vasilevsky is long-term. And there's just not a ton of money to go around right now in Tampa Bay. And they've got to also look at a Victor Hedman extension starting next year as well. Uh, That's a guy that I don't think they can lose out of their lineup. So is it possible that come trade deadline time, we're actually talking about Tampa Bay maybe looking to move on from Steven Stamkos? It's going to be interesting to see. If they're in the playoff race, forget about it. You know they're going to keep him, and you know they're going to try to push for another long playoff run, maybe even another look at a, a Stanley Cup if the cards play right for them. But you fall out of it, maybe all of a sudden there's a really, really intriguing piece still out there uh, in the trade market for a team looking to make a push. And Steven Stamkos would be uh, a pretty remarkable push if for a contending team. I wanted to remind you right now, we're in the midst of our uh, season of giving event here at Sportsnet 960. Uh, It's the season to give, so we're asking you to share in the spirit of giving with our friends at the Mustard Seed. Now more than ever, it's the time to support those experiencing poverty and homelessness in Calgary. They need new underwear, socks, jackets, boots, gloves, razors, toothbrushes, deodorant, all desperately needed right now. You can drop off your items at select McManus Auto Group's locations or right here at our Sportsnet 960 studios. If you need a full list of addresses, head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. I know the weather's been really good throughout December and November, and it's been a pretty mild winter, all things considered, but when that cold comes and when that snow comes, there's a lot of people uh, out there that rely on the mustard seed for those kind of items. And uh, just asking if you have the ability and you're out Christmas shopping, maybe uh, take an extra second if you could grab any of those items and drop them off. We'd really, really appreciate it. All of it going to help, again, our friends at the mustard seed. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, kick it off hour two on a Friday. It's Sportsnet Today, live on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.